Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm walking through the Norwegian capital, Oslo. Yes. I arrived uh, the day before the game, that game being Manchester United against Christian Sund. And it was 29 and hot, really hot. <laughs> and today it's about 15 degrees less than that. So it's a, a Norwegian summer's day, which is cloudy and a bit drizzly. I'm with Jan Arga Fjortoft. Uh, Jan was a striker who played in the Premier League and I remember him playing for Swindon, Sheffield United, you played in Germany, where else did you play? Barnsley, Middlesbrough. I remember Barnsley, yeah. Vienna. Yeah. And yeah, so it's great to have Manchester United in Norway and this is a kind of our tradition here to have uh, English teams here and of course uh, with the, uh, the fans that Manchester United got in Scandinavia and especially in Norway I mean it's time for them to be here once a year should be said you used to be an international teammate of Oli Gunnar you know him well uh, how are you feeling about him going into this season at Manchester United well I think that he will be, have a, a mixed feeling about it because we all know that uh, fantastic highlights of his uh, first half of his term second term at Manchester United which was uh, fantastic and I was there in Paris and everybody thought that uh, the tree will grow not even in heaven it will be past heaven and then then the end of the season but I, but I think Ole Gunnar has done well now in the pre-season because he's kind of done what he can do and, and obviously you, you can see there's a lot of things out of his control but he's still what he has can do what he can do to influence I think he's done well so uh, but do, 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 am I very, very pos- positive about the season Man United going to do it? No, I'm not. You cover the Champions League games, don't you? Manchester United are not going to be in there this year. It's a, it's a big loss for the competition. It's a big loss for the competition. It's a big loss for Manchester United because Manchester United is a, is a, is a world brand. should never be underestimated. And if you have a look at the Manchester United teams now, when you compare it which you have to do sometimes with Manchester United they used to have world stars and now they only have some players in terms of agents making a fuss and making world stars through that read Paul Pogba but it's 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 a fact that Manchester United need Champions League and Champions League need Manchester United but I think the Manchester United need them more than the Champions League because the show must go on and uh, uh, I was growing up with the Rijkaard uh, Van Basten and Gullit with AC Milan they haven't been in the competition for some years so Manchester United should be aware that it can't be used as a habit to be out of the Champions League and I feel sorry for them because I've, I've, I've always enjoyed to come back to to, to Old Trafford uh, but then Liverpool winning it and you have Manchester City winning, winning, winning the Premier League so uh, I think they're a bit worried about Manchester United at that position as a, as a world brand because uh, Gillette is a world brand as well but they're doing bad in the Champions League We've just been in a restaurant and the entire Christian Sun team uh, walked into there and we spoke to some of them I spoke to a Kosovan striker and I'm not even going to try and pronounce Flamur Kastrati Flama Kastraki, Kastraki. Yeah. and people will be listening to this after the game but they said they're, they're putting the strongest team out they're going to go for it they're really looking forward to it Christian Sund is one of the teams from Oli Gunnar's hometown you're from that part of the world a part of the world that produced produces good footballers and now they're a top flight team just tell us a bit about them because people it, it, listening to this with respect won't know that much about them no Norway's uh, uh, we're, we're 19 counties as we're speaking we have a different 
political thing that they will make it reduce that. But at this part of Norway, we had four or five great teams, and Kristiansund used to be the the worst, so to say. But they have two. They had two clubs: one called Kristiansund and one called Klausningen. And Oleguna Solcher is from Klausningen. Uh, they also produce Eivind uh, Leonardsen, who went to Wimbledon, who went to uh, Liverpool and Tottenham and Aston Villa. So this is the area they're doing great. And uh, the, the CEO of the club, uh, the, the coach, is friends of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, so it, it's a bit unnatural that perhaps they're coming like an eight-hour trip and there are like 5,000 of them coming down to Oslo and a sellout stadium and see Manchester United. But it makes sense. It's, it's, I think it's a, this is a legacy of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer who, who will probably have the saying that saying, if I come to Norway and do a game, I want to play uh, Christian Sund. And, uh, and the Christian Mikkelsen, who is their coach, I used to play with him when I ended my career in Norway. He was a striker, a very, very nice man, a friend of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done a fantastic job for uh, Christiansund in, in the top flight of Norway. They saved their place last year. They were a mid-table team and they will look forward to this. This is a big day for, for the whole Christiansund town. They are like all towns very proud of their ambassadors and can you imagine Christiansund playing Manchester United? It's a dream come true for a, for a whole area. You've played against Manchester United several times. What would your best and worst memories be of games against Manchester United? Well, I think that oh, my, my memories are uh, I, I scored against Manchester United for Swindon, uh, but I think that game is more uh, famous for um, uh, Cantona stamping John Moncur. I remember that, yeah. yeah. It's a 2 2 game. County ground. County ground, exactly. And I scored against Peter Smeiter, which I have probably uh, told him like a couple of times, three, four, five times when I met him. Uh, I was also there at Old Trafford where I had a, not a fight because it was not even a fight with uh, Keane. Roy Keane just turned around and knocked me down. <laughs> or I, I was standing up, to be fair. I probably today I would have dived and he would get many games. And then I remember my manager, of course, being Brian Robson at, at Middlesbrough. So after the game, I got a letter that um, if, if I would sign there, so we, we will have a mild punishment of Roy Keane. And I, of course I did that. Roy Keane was, uh, was, uh, was a great player. Sometimes a bit mad when you're talking about Norwegians with Ulf Inge Holland and things like that and, and I also remember the first game I played against Manchester United I was at Old Trafford for Swindon I think we lost 4-2 we did a, we did a good job there for us uh, as a, it was a big day and, and we had a, an old striker called Stevie White and he had, had done his, uh, all his games in the lower division of England and I remember our, our fans were singing you got Cantona but we got Stevie White and I remember I, I thought that was funny it was for us being on a on on a big stage and and great games against great football players and sometimes that is underestimated because you you tend I I was inspired by playing the great uh, players but still but still you wanted to beat them and still you wanted to knock them down but but I think that uh, that when you play them you think you 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 it's, it's a great thing to play against the best players in the, in the world and, and that Manchester United team was amazing. What's it like walking out of the tunnel at Old Trafford? Do you, uh, Dimitar Berbatov said to me in, in an interview a few years ago, you could see that they were beaten in the tunnel with a lot of teams. It sounds very defeatist. What's the reality? Yeah, I think uh, that's where I think I, I was a part of a Norwegian national team. We were always the, uh, the David against the Goliath, whoever we played. And I think there's two ways you can see it. If you, if you walk out a tunnel on the great stadiums, you can either 
loose in the tunnel or you can be inspired and uh, when I came to Man- uh, come to Manchester United I had my habit from the national team I wanted to knock down someone I wanted to tackle someone when I played Steve Bruce I knew I had to go in the first duel with him uh, all I could but of course uh, Alex Ferguson did that famous uh, that coming to Manchester United you should never lose a game as you see Liverpool doing now by the way not losing at, at Anfield and, and that habit and Mourinho uh, did it uh, his home games and everything and of course that is uh, advantage for the for the big managers and the big clubs where will Manchester United finish in the Premier League this year that is uh, I, I guess that's standing now in Oslo with all Manchester United fans around me but uh, I must say now we don't know if Pogba will stay we don't know about Lukaku we don't know about replacement we don't know what will happen before 8th of August so I have to say at the moment I will not see them uh, higher than last year if they're lucky because that team we tend to say always in the pre-season it's good to see a Greenwood for Manchester United it's good to see a Brewster for Liverpool but they are the dessert they are the guys who should come on when a Lukaku takes some rest off he's the guy who will come on like Ole Gunnar did when he came on as a, as a, as, as a super sub so they can't take a team all on their own so I think Manchester United got a couple of two three more players if they're going to be a serious contender of top four was unfortunately o- was Ole Gunnar scoring that goal in Barcelona the greatest sporting achievement by a Nor- Norwegian footballer where were you watching it what were you thinking I was watching it because I, uh, in my uh, little football world, uh, at the same time I scored a decisive goal in Germany uh, for Frankfurt uh, to save our place in the in the Bundesliga, and I thought that was a big goal till Olegunna did that. I was uh, like uh, rest of Norwegians, uh, seeing uh, watching it on television, being very very proud, of course. And I remember our our commentator and said, "Wow, wow, 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 wow!" And then they they had like uh, four seconds quiet, and they said. It's Ole! It's Ole! So, so for a Norwegian, of course, very proud. I think that the only thing that competes with, remember, Norwegian is a skiing nation, but it's also a big, big football nation. And there's always been a long discussion about football is, of course, much, much bigger. But in 1998, our mate, Ole Gunnar and mine mate, a guy called Chetler Rektal, he had the chance at 1-1 against Brazil in the World Cup in the 1998 final. 17th of May, our national day in Norway as well. And we were beating uh, Brazil, so I think that will uh, be up there with them. And uh, but the two, and both goals scored then from two guys from that county that I spoke about, where have Christian Sund, uh, Molde, Olesund, Hud, and so on. Finally, why should United fans, if they should, back Ole Gunnar? You know him. You know him very well. They should back Ole Gunnar because uh, they are. Uh, who should they go to next? Um, Manchester United follow an, a normal pattern. They will first look for a for their copy. That was David Moyes. You mean after Ferguson? Okay. After Ferguson, he was pointing at that guy. That sometimes is remembered because we got a biggest, biggest respect for Sir Alex Ferguson. Then Moyes, then Van Gaal, then Mourinho, no Ole Gunnar. I think it's important for Manchester United legacy or or, or position, not legacy, a position that Ole Gunnar will succeed, but. Ole Gunnar will be the first one to know this is the most brutal sport in the world. I mean, you have to win games. And there was a guy called uh, Otto Rehagel who was at Werder Bremen. And when Werder Bremen, he had a power, big, big time power. And they had the same problem, who should succeed him. And he had a very, very good quote. 
and he said you have to plan long term but you have to win short term and I think that is for Lagunar you, you have to plan with young kids you have to get them into the team but the only way the only medicine is to win games thank you for your time okay we appreciate the support of our sponsors including Harry's Harry's story is that for decades, one big razor company relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers. So Jeff and Andy, two ordinary lads who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. They're amazing quality blades, a half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Well, what do you get with Harry's? Harry's razors include everything you need for a close shave. You get a weighted ergonomic handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich shave gel, and a travel blade cover. We've got an offer for United We Stand listeners where you can get started shaving with Harry's today and claim a trial set for just £3.95. So you can support our podcast, get your trial set delivered to you, including the razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, a travel blade cover, by going to harrys.com forward slash united right now. That's harrys.com forward slash united. I'm with Jesper Blomquist and we're in Oslo, rainy Oslo ahead of the Manchester United game against Christian Sund. Welcome to United We Stand, Jesper. What are you doing now with your time? Yeah, actually I am uh, owner of a pizzeria and I'm in St- just outside Stockholm in a Neapolitanian pizzeria and uh, I'm working there quite a lot. I have to, I have to say almost at least 90% of my, my time goes to the to that work at the moment and I really enjoy it. You're, uh, you're making pizzas? Not actually, ma- I'm trying to learn, but it's quite hard. I'm, I'm behind the desk taking, pouring beers and wine and making coffee and, and, and uh, yeah, and talking to the customers and serving some pizzas. Neapolitano pizzas from Neapolitano pizza, yeah. Properly done. Yeah, properly done. We have the oven straight from Naples, handmade, and, and almost all the ingredients are, are at least from Italy and also you know tomatoes and, and mozzarella from Naples as well so it's we try to really go all all in how would you get a big oven from Naples they're massive no yeah they're massive it's like 3,000 kilos and uh, so it was really hard to get it in, in in the restaurant because you couldn't drive with a tractor inside the restaurant so you have to, it was hard but we we managed and and, and now it's it's working really well what's the secret to a, a good pizza uh there is a few of them actually but obviously the the oven is is one one party if you have we have 450 degrees celsius so it's really hot in there and the, the pizza is in just for like one to one and a half minutes maximum otherwise it's, it will be burned so the one who who's standing with uh, by the by the oven needs to be really skillful then you have the the dough that that is really we have a, our dough is yeasted you say yeasted yeah for for five days in the refrigerator so it's really mature when it comes so it's had a great texture and, and taste to it and when it comes down to your stomach it doesn't swell and it's already yeasted fully so it doesn't you know you don't feel too full when you had it so that's and then you have the tomato sauce of course with the uh, secret recipe why a pizza restaurant no actually just th- th- that it fell to pizza became 
pizzeria for me was just more a coincidence. I went to eat to, uh, with those guys for a couple of uh, times, really two years, and and finally I managed to to uh, get a foot in and 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 become a partner there. But I, I've always been interested in in food and wine, especially since I was playing in Italy, and and I wanted to find some something to do, try to work work in that area, and and I I had a few options, but never had the courage but in the end I felt I have to try it one time just to see if it's you know if it's as fun as I, I find it when I stand at ho- home cooking and is it it is it is it is hard work of course and it's I mean the, the thing that's worse maybe is the late nights and the and the weekends working but the and the but the best part for me is still when we try the new pizzas new ingredients and new wines and you can just sit down with with the the friends there and try and and make out new pizzas and, and recipes. That's the best part, definitely. Some of our readers were arguing about whether you should have eggs on pizza or not, <laughs> and pineapple on pizza or not. Oh. Where do you stand on both of them? Oh, I mean, maybe the egg could be uh, the next next thing. We, we, we banned pineapples, but we might try it. But we're not, you know, strict Napolitanian in that sense. We, we put some Swedish, we have some Swedish specialities, but as long as it's good quality. So if we put pineapple, for example, it won't be from the canned pineapple. It would be fresh pineapple then, probably. So we, we try to keep it like uh, the, the ingredients at a, at a high level. Did you ever play in Naples against Napoli? Yes, I did. What I was act- it like? Oh, it was, I mean, it, they are really football crazy down there. And I, I, I just remember from the, you know, I don't remember much from the games, but that game was very special. But also just going from the, from the hotel to the stadium, we had like 15 to 20 uh, tifosi from, from Napoli who was following us and you shouting and giving us uh, verbal and and uh, physical abuse you know with their hands and all the way to the stadium on their uh, motorinos so, so you're on the the AC Milan team bus yeah the, and they are really way. giving it uh, the whole way to the stadium they were following us just and uh, screaming so that was really particular and, and and actually when I had the game I played it with Parma as well since I, I played one year in Parma as well and when I, actually, I scored my, my only goal for for Parma at the at the stadium there against Napoli, and uh, I was you know really up for it and I wanted to score more, but we were winning four nil and Massimo Crippa who played uh, he, in my team from Parma he, he he but he was from Naples he said you know I was still going for it four nil but the crowd was really getting they were starting to burn chairs and everything and were really the home fans getting really angry with the team. So Kripa said, yes, but now we take it easy. You know, we can't, we're not, you're not allowed to do anymore because you see the fans, they're burning shares. And I just scored my goal. So I wanted to go for, I was really getting angry with Kripa because he told, but he told me, and, and in the end, I think I realized, okay, we have to calm down over because already winning 4-0. So it was, it was a real special uh, uh, experience. You mentioned Palmer, and I know they went bust and were liquidated and are climbing back up. But you played with some wonderful players at that club. Uh, Crespo was there, Buffon was there, Spria was there. Who else was there? Was yeah, we had, we had yeah, yeah. I mean, the the central defender Turam and Cannavaro, and, they, yeah. and Cannavaro, and they formed. I mean, when they went to Juventus, they I mean, formed one of the best. Uh, uh, defenses in, in the in the world. Kanavaro in two thousand and six was yeah. the best defender in the yeah, world. In the world, and Lilian Turam wasn't far off him. And you know, and then you had Buffon. So those three playing together already at Parma 
was just fantastic. And then you had Chiesa, Enrico Chiesa. I think his son now is really, you know, uh, one of the top upcoming strikers in Italy as well. So, no, but we had a fantastic team. Uh, so, and, and it was really, I really enjoyed it in Parma because I moved to AC Milan, but that was such a huge club, you know, and uh, like United. But coming to Parma was much easier. You had, the, we went out for a, for a lunch after training and you, you, you knew all the players and all the staff at the club just after a couple of weeks, really. So it, it really suited me a little bit better at that stage of my career. And, I, and then I started to learn Italian in a better way so I could communicate with them as well. So I really enjoyed that time in Parma. And you arrived at Old Trafford in 1998 on the cusp of the greatest season in the club's history. Why United? Well, were, you, were you not daunted by the fact that you'd be competing with, with Ryan Giggs? Uh, I was a bit daunted, of course. That was my biggest question mark when I really went down to there to, to, to discuss my, the, the contract and signing for, for them. But my, the biggest thing was that uh, the gaffer uh, really... He, want, he, he wanted me already in 94 after we, met, we played them the first time with Gothenburg. And then he kept the interest '96 when I decided to. It was time to move abroad, and I, I, I signed for AC Milan. He, he, he still was interested then, and of course, most managers maybe would have been angry with me going to Italy instead. But he, he still kept the interest, and 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 so when when Ancelotti got fired at in in '97, and they changed coach in Parma, I I and and I had to reconsider my options. He came in again, and and and. Then, you know, I, I knew he was really wanting me to play for United, not just any left midfielder. So, so that felt really good. And then when I met him and talked to him about, about gigs, you know, and how we could, how that would be. So I just wouldn't be sitting on the bench playing only when he was injured. So, um, yeah, then, then I, uh, I was happy with, it, with the answer. And it turned out that way the first season. He said, you know... Of course, he said, you're going to play, Giggs can play in other positions. And we played quite a lot of games together that year. And obviously, he will have some injuries, I will have some injuries. And so it, and, and, and it turned out, I mean, I think I played 34 appearances that year. And it was, uh, yeah. You still have your medal from winning the... Yeah, I still, I, I still have my, my medal. And I take it, you know, bring it out every now and then just to have a quick look at it and... and uh, I laugh at it a little bit. Really. How was Giggs with you? Oh, but Giggs, he was, he was, he was great. He, he maybe wasn't one of the liveliest in the locker, but but he was great. I mean, and I think that year we had a, uh, we had a great atmosphere. Almost, almost among among all the players, there was certainly a few that really wasn't. A bit, but they still got on well on the pitch, and that was, you know, they could put things aside. Uh, on the pitch. Do you need strong personalities? Because someone described that dressing room to me as sometimes you have two balls in the same pen, hmm. but that would like create this nuclear reaction of just explosivity, which was good as and bad. Yeah, but definitely, but mostly good, I think. Uh, as long as you can find that that hierarchy, you know, it will sort itself out in the end, and you you know will be the biggest. Bull of, of them all, and then well, you we might find... as well just get straight to it. <laughs> Shirin, Roy Keane, you gave the ball to him, and yeah. and and he picked up a booking, which meant he, he would miss the final. Yeah, and I spoke to you about this in two thousand and eleven, and you said it wasn't even a bad ball. 
No. And, and Roy <laughs> didn't speak to you for like six weeks after. No, he was, of course he was gutted at, at when it happened and he knew and, and, and he felt, of course, and I was gutted too, of course, he was one of our best players. So we, but, but when I look at it afterwards as well, I don't feel that it was such a bad pass. It was more a bad touch and it was on the, in the central, central, center, center of the pitch. So, but, but it was, it was hard. And of course he got angry at, at that stage, but um, yeah. I, I told him years later that what you said about not speaking to him and for the first time that I've seen in Roy Keane, he, he was a bit gutted with himself and he just, he went quiet and just said, hell of a player, Jesper, hell of a player. So he could have gone crazy again, but yeah. I mean, he's probably the best midfielder ever. Well, maybe with Brian Robson to play for United and, yeah. and he rated you. Oh you know? yeah, and, but that's and, fantastic to hear if he's just feeling... Sorry for me, I don't no, know. No, but, no, but but I, 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 and I mean, like you say, for me, Keane was one of the one of the best uh, midfielders, definitely, because he was both working so hard defensively and also offensively. He had great skills, and only thing for me coming from Sweden it was a bit of a different climate in the teams. You know, we're trying to help each other be positive, but Keane, of course, was was of a different driven. Yeah, and a different way of, of, of making you stronger, making this team stronger. So it took me almost a year to realize that all the all the harsh words she was giving to us was was for the best of the team and for the best for you and you know to test you and he, he knew if you could take his his harsh words on the pitch you were ready for 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 the big games and for the big stage. And if you couldn't take it from him in training, you know, you weren't ready and, and it took me a it took me a long time to understand it, but after that I really saw that greatness about him as well. And of course, you want him in the team when he always stood up for for the other players on the pitch when when they came to some heated if there was some stupid challenge on on somebody, you know. And so he was he was always there. But uh, but you at also you know how hard it how much it takes from a player to demand so much of of the rest of the team because if you demand everything from the rest of the team you have to be better than everybody putting your 100% effort in all the time so I mean that's and it's those kind of players they don't grow on trees anymore that's they're becoming more and more rare in the in, in today's football really you mentioned the biggest games we've touched a little bit on Turin Juventus 2, Manchester United 3, semi-final of the European Cup. Juventus were the best team in the world. They were brilliant at Old Trafford and you absolutely smashed them. And did you see last year that game got voted um, officially in the Guinness Book of Records, the greatest game of football no, ever? No, I didn't ever? really. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Really. It's officially the greatest yeah. game of football ever. <laughs> Maybe I've made a little lie yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a lie. We'll, I'll check the Guinness World. Just go and buy the Guinness Book yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. the Swedish uh, edition. I will check that. Yeah, no, it will be in there, page, yeah. page 37. 37. Greatest game of Guys, football ever. Guys, check this out, everybody. <laughs> but what a performance. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was I think, the biggest game. I mean, we had a lot of nice, great games that season. But, but that was... The toughest, I th- definitely the toughest and mo- the most, yeah, important one to to turn it to turn it uh, away against uh, Juventus. And a bit uh, of a party on the plane back to Manchester, I was told. Yeah, I guess so. Not for me, really. You know, I wasn't that party the party guy. I never, I never really 
uh, did much of party. Uh, You're a model uh, professional. Yeah, I, I was really. I, 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 uh, uh, maybe I a little bit, you know, regretted in then to well, enjoy um, it a bit. So you're in Milan, where all the models live. You're yeah. a young guy. Yeah. You play for AC Milan, a blonde-haired yeah. Swedish guy, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. stayed in your apartment. I stayed a lot in my apartment. Of course, a few times I went out with the the the, the likes of. Desai and David, they took me out. Maldini? Maldini as well, yeah, we went some sometime. But I was very quiet drinking my 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 water or coke there because I you know I was too young and I Any regrets? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there is my biggest regret I think. Not, I mean, in, not enjoying the the Milan nightlife. No. Seriously, I wish I could have could have could have you know, stayed longer there as well in, in Milan and you know, be a bit, uh, but 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 I, I really my my last game wasn't in the really if you look at it harsh my my last was the Champions League finals. I was twenty four years old. I was hoping I could play on longer because you know the older you get, you can start to enjoy and relax a little bit. I was so fo- focused all the time on just training and becoming better. Of course, you need that focus, but you also need a little bit to enjoy the things beside. But it's a very very thin line and you need to balance it up because of course if you go too much on enjoying things you will you will lose that edge and that's that's the thing that all the great players who stay on the top a long time they keep that uh, line always focused on always developing always working harder to to become better i think that is the the most important factor if you want to stay on the top for a long time when you look back now at your football career is this another life for you do you get recognized a lot when you when you travel around because you play for some of the biggest clubs in the world is it something you don't like talking about you like talking about <sighs> no but I, I i think the 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 more the more time uh, yeah yeah the more time goes i i i enjoy talking about it more and more and i can look back and be proud as well and enjoy even though you know when i stopped i like i said i was 24 champions league was almost my last game i I tried for four more years, but it really didn't. Yeah. Injuries. Injuries. What I, type of injury? I had my cartilage in, in my knees. I never really got got going again. So at twenty eight, I was I I, I I had had enough and, and had to stop playing. Uh, so of course, th- at that stage, I was I was uh, gutted and uh, needed to needed to didn't want to talk about. It. And I knew I had more in me, but now when I look back, I can even. I can even feel I I I am um, I I did a lot, but of course you could could have had more as well. And cartilage, it, it's an uh, like a, it's an injury which kills the careers of a lot of players. I yeah. mean, Jordi Cruyff, your teammate. Yeah, he had. He it. calls it his meniscus, but yeah. it's the same thing. Same thing, and Ole Gunnar I know had the yeah. same as well. And it was a lot of, it was a lot of players uh, who can. <laughs> oh, sorry, comes my son here. What do you want? <laughs> Come here on the podcast. What's your name? What's your name? Come here. Yeah, we're interviewing. Uh, are you destroying? Are you called Casper? Are you called Casper? He's not here. So this is your yes, but some he's yeah. got a Manchester United shirt on with Lindelof on the back. Which yeah. football team does he support? Oh yeah, he definitely is a United fan at the moment. And he no, he really we 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 managed to see the the training yesterday and it was fantastic and he was. Uh, Got got a few autographs. No, we, we we've been twice already to to Old Trafford, and he loves it. He knows all the all the names of the players, and he has three favorite players. 
at the moment. It's it's Victor is the Victor Lindelöf, then it's Scott McTominay and uh, David De Gea. So he has, uh, yeah, he has an, an eye for it. You've watched United pre-season. One of the new signings is someone who plays in your position, Dan James. Yeah. To, to your trained eye, what do you see when you look at him? Yeah, I, I must admit, I haven't seen him, him enough to, to make a judgment. But I, I just know, it's, I know he's, he's really fast and, and that will be an advantage. But, but it is so much harder to come to a team like United when you have this uh, attacking skills because you get less time on the ball, you get less space and the, and the opposition is always up for it more against United. So I think it would take a little bit time for him to, to, to as, uh, reassist his, his game and, and, and to you know, and may, get the understanding that he has a little bit less time with the ball and, and also maybe less space sometimes to run in behind. But uh, I think the football that Ole Gunnar wants to play as well will definitely, of course, suit, suit, him, suit him perfectly. But it will take a bit of time. And, and there is a, I mean, to come to United, is, uh, it is different from playing. Even if you've had a, a great season in another Premier League club, it is, it is different. The pressure is so much bigger and the, um, the, the training sessions and the players, they are, they, they, everything, everything is one step higher and, and tougher so it takes time and uh, there's not not many players who can come in uh, come in you know and, and 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 straight away be a success so you, you have to give him a a little bit of time i think and 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 the confidence and and yeah to 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 adapt and Oli Gunnar as a manager you knew him obviously when he when he played there you think he's got it in him he's learned under ferguson ferguson was good with you a sense that you needed reassuring and he reassured you. Is it right that he came to Manchester Airport to pick you up? Yes, he, he did as well. Well, just stood there with a card. Yeah, the rivals, with, with, with not, with the, not with the card and the arrivals. But, but he was there. And the, uh, how, how was he there, waiting in his car? Yeah, no, but he was, he, was, uh, he was great, laughing as always. And I think he has that feeling, you know, how to, how to really take, take people and players on and how to... You know, to treat to, to treat them the way that they feel that they are wanted and that they are yeah that he believes in them. He really gives you that confidence, and that's one of his great abilities. And Oli Gunnar, you confident he can be a good manager? Yes, I'm. I'm confident. I I know he. Uh, we all know he has a mountain to climb. Now we we are really far from from the the top spot in the Premier League at the moment, definitely. So. It's going to be hard and it's going to take, we won't reach it in one season. So he will, he will, he will need time and he will need the support from, from everybody, players, staff, uh, the board, fans, everybody to, to but, but as long as you can see the base is, is starting to, to, to build the base and, and, and to develop from there and, and that you can see small steps in the right direction. You, you can't expect us to win every game, definitely not. But as long as you see that they find that the heart is there and the work rate and the, the physical ability, then you have a, a chance to, to build on that. But it, it's going to be really tough. But definitely, yeah, I think he, he, can, uh, he can do it for us. Thank you for your time. If anyone comes to your restaurant, what's the name of it? Do you want new customers or is Definitely. it? Definitely. Maybe not in the summer because we're too busy at well, the moment. Good, no? <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's fantastic. Of course we want new customers. And it's 450 degrees, 450 gradi in Italian then. 
and uh, yeah it's just outside Stockholm we have one of the best pizzas in in Stockholm we actually won the Italian uh, Gambero Rosso uh, award twice in a ro- in a in a row now two years in a row and that means we're one of the top restaurants in 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 uh, Italian places in Stockholm and in in the in the world you can have three so we're looking for the third but i think that well, there's only four restaurants uh, pizzerias in the world who have that but hey we need to aim high you're looking for the travel yes yeah, yeah. but you wanted a few people who can say you actually won the travel yeah i am and that was make you that's must be a buzz that's a that's a nice feeling especially now getting older you can you can look back at it and look back at it and and really be be proud of that definitely jesper thank you for your time thank you thank you very much united won the game against christianson one nil and afterwards i spoke to scott mctominay here's part of the conversation juan mata got the goal it was a late penalty and the team then flew back to Manchester after spending a couple of days in Oslo which was scorching on the Monday and rainy on the Tuesday and we sold United we stands outside the ground well I did with a, an umbrella and we met loads of readers and it was brilliant to get feedback from people and to hear from people who've subscribed to the mag for years and one man told me that he'd, he'd taken a picture of me with Tralix Ferguson when I was a child uh, in 1991 on a pre-season tour it's just good to meet people in real life and talk to them and find out what the concerns are and how they're feeling about United at the moment and, and going forward. But one of the reasons to be positive, I think, is is Scott McTominay. Just listen to the chat I had with him. New pre-season, how are you finding it? How are you feeling? I really enjoyed it. You know, yeah. it's been it's been different this preseason. Obviously, we've had a lot more work in, yeah. and I feel like the boys have all taken to it really, really well. And, yeah. and I feel like in the games that we've had, we've we've shown glimpses of what we can do. And obviously, there's still so much to improve. And, and today, there's a few mistakes from from everyone. But there's this time to put it right in preseason and, and get ready for for the first game. You fitted in your work. Are the other lads fitted in the work? Cause... I definitely am. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I feel it. I feel feel good. I feel fresh. I feel ready to go. And I'm. And obviously, I think like that's everybody's aim just to be fit and ready to to compete in games and, and challenge for for a regular place in the eleven. But as I say, it's it's been a different preseason. Everybody's everybody's really looking forward to the start of the campaign and and just looking forward to putting last season behind us. What's your relationship like with the manager? What does he say to you? Because some of the lads say he pulls him to one side. He has one on ones with him. And... Yeah, the manager's obviously been been so so good with me. I had to be patient at the start and and really show him that I'm, I can be a Man United player and that he can trust me and in big games as well and I feel like I, I've earned that trust in, in some performances last year but you have to keep repaying, repaying him and, and repaying his faith that he has in you and obviously I'm just going to try and do my best for him and, and obviously the coaches as well. Who do you look at in your position? Which players do you look at and think I like the look of him? Yeah there's a lot obviously I've got two world class midfield players who are who play with me every every day every training session and that's Nemanja and Paul and I can learn so much so much from them who have won, won a lot of trophies. What do you learn from them? Because they've, obviously they've got time more experience just small small details and and things about life as well it doesn't always have to football it's how you handle yourself off the pitch how you how you conduct yourself to the fans and 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 different things like yeah just always being humble and and respecting the fans and obviously that's the way i've been brought up from from my family as well and and it's just getting repeating their messages i think a lot of young boys can get sidetracked by other things and the man always tells me to keep my my feet on the ground and always concentrating on football rather than things like cars and and different things like that, you know, it's not not important for your career. And obviously, I take I, 
obviously I love the manual and I take all his messages on board and, and he's like a big big brother to me and, and it's important that I do listen to him and Paul and, and obviously Fred and, and different midfield players as well so the whole team we've got a good bond there and and it's important that we have to go go strong this season. Are you confident? Because the end of last season was, was terrible. Yeah, it I mean, was. I've been, was... been on the tour, I've seen it, spoke to the lads. There seems to be more proper optimism. Yeah, it was difficult end to last season and it wasn't it wasn't an easy one for the fans to take and obviously myself. It was for a... you, what was your low point? Was there a game like... Yeah, there was, 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 was a few. I was, I was Everton, Everton away. I was, I'd come home and see my family and I was... <laughs> He was getting, I was nearly in tears, mate. Honestly, to be fair, it was that I felt like it was just so difficult to handle at the time, and and obviously it was it was important that we had to bounce back from that. And obviously, I found myself in in the team more at the end of the season, and, and I just want to continue from that as well. What's been your high point as a United player? There's been a few, to be fair. Obviously, scoring my first goal and playing against Barcelona in the new Camp as well, yeah. and, and different games like that. But I feel like the PSG game was probably the the best night of my life. So. Yeah. But as I say, we want more of that. We want, we need more than that. It's not yeah. that we want more than that, and we're going to work incredibly hard to to make sure that we do get more of that in the future. And we've got an unbelievable base in the coaches and, and Kieran and Michael and, and Mike Feeling. Kieran and Michael, are so 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 good. I feel like attention to detail. Attention to detail. Everything. It's it's so important the the role that they have, and then the manager obviously as well so it's it's important that we do we do listen and learn and, and that's one of the things as a young player that if you don't listen and learn then somebody else will and, and they'll take your place how important is the youth lads coming through at Manchester United yeah obviously incredibly important that's what the club's built on and that's what what everybody's everybody thrives off in the academy I remember whenever I made my debut probably about three years ago well I can't remember I think it was two and a half years ago and I come back and <laughs> everyone in the canteen was buzzing like you can just tell so it sends like a, a massive and, and vibe around. It. Yeah, it's not that you've done it or you've made it. It's the fact that it just sends like a massive, like positive atmosphere through through the canteen. Even when you're seeing cafe reception and, yeah, and the dinner that. ladies, everybody walks in and, and it's like oh, like so proud of you and stuff like that. And and that's what I want for the other boys. I want Chongy, I want Mason, I want I want Jimmy, I want Angel to all do it exceptionally well and, and follow in the footsteps of Jesse and Marcus because currently they're the best examples for it. How have you got to improve? What areas you're looking to improve in your game? Yeah, that's for me and the coaches to, to okay. really to really nail down. Yep, and okay. That's for me and the coaches to really nail down. And there's, a, there's a lot of things that I know that I can improve on, and different things in the gym, different things on the pitch as well. So I'm, I'm constantly working to try and try and do that as well because that's the type of person that I want to I want to be. I don't want to sit on, on on games that you've played and stuff like that. I want to go to the next level and, and keep striving towards that, that grew, next level. You grew up in Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. You've got the giant axe. Yeah, yeah, all the so, time. I saw my brother play there. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we had a, a charity football match for one of my friends who, who arranged it. His mum had, mum had cancer, so we had a, a charity football match at Goldgate two, yeah. I think it was three nights ago. Yeah. And we raised quite a lot of money, so that was, that was incredible. Did you go and watch it? Who did you support as a kid? Uh, I went... Oh, I supported Morecambe to be fair, Morecambe Preston. I went and I went to watch Preston all the time. Yeah. I used to go all the time to Preston games when I was like 13. And Sammy McElroy invited me to Christie Park yeah, yeah, when yeah, Morecambe yeah. came in. Yeah, so, yeah. so you were Morecambe as well? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. Um, Jim Bentley, isn't it? He was, a, yeah, yeah. he was a manager there. Yeah. So. But now I'm from Lancaster. It's good to, you know, whenever you... There was like two, three hundred people there at that yeah. charity football match. So it's amazing to see friends and family that you've not seen for a while. And it's all for a good cause as well, which is, which is very close to a lot of my friends' hearts. So... So that was Scott. I think he talks well. He's playing well, and hope he has a good season. I hope the talk turns into good match-winning performances. There's only one pre-season game left now, and that's against Milan. 
in Cardiff on Saturday. The preseason's been good so far. I really enjoyed Oslo. The United are really well supported over there. The official supporters club has got 43,000 paid up members and a point I always make is that's paid up members, that's not likes on Facebook which are easy to get. That's people who actively follow and, and support Manchester United and have done with great consistency over the years and it was it was good to meet a lot of them. As for the players, well, when I was in the game in Oslo, uh, I got word that uh, United were interested in, in Dybala and that that's still the case. Um, it's early in negotiation, got no update onto that. There's also conversations with Juventus about uh, Lukaku and also with Inter, but I'm told it's a long way off happening and that we should treat some of the reports coming out of Italy uh, with caution. Um, with um, uh, Fernandez, I must have been asked 300 times in Oslo, are we signing Maguire? Uh, what's happening with Bruno Hernandez? Well, it keeps coming uh, based up from reports in the, the Portuguese and then more latterly the Italian media. United's level of interest has been exaggerated by the agent and by the media in both Italy and Portugal. I did an interview in Oslo with Bojan Jordic and Jesper Bomquist. And obviously you've just heard the podcast bit with Jesper Bomquist and Bojan was saying United need a, a central midfielder. Um, I know Oli Gunnar thinks that with Fellaini gone and Herrera gone, um, Andreas Pereira, who's done, done well pre-season, he usually does, and I spoke to him just after I spoke to Tom Scott McTominay. Honestly, I've never seen Andreas Pereira as confident as I'm seeing him now. But again, I realise that, that talk is cheap, uh, but there's a good talent there, definitely. Just needs to show it more consistently, because last season he started well against Leicester, and then, like the rest of them, had a poor game against Brighton, and that knocked his chances back a while because as Yanaga says plan for the future but get the results uh, now so I would expect still to see some transfer activity I know that the club are definitely speaking to people and uh, I'll update, I'll put any stuff on the United We Stand forum uh, we're just working on the new United We Stand magazine as well, got a brilliant interview with Dimitar Berbatov he was always a bright fella but when he stopped playing, then he became really interesting. And the content that we've got lined up for this issue, there's some brilliant stuff in there. Stuff you just will not find anywhere else. And it's an honour for me just to go through the, the quality of the stuff being sent in from from different writers to write and, and squeeze it all in to 44 pages. It would be great if people would subscribe to the season and to support what we're doing. We had a huge surge when Oli Gunnar was appointed. And if you subscribe now, you'll get posted the next 10 issues. We post them from Manchester on the day that it comes out. If you're outside the UK, it's probably never been cheaper because the pound's so weak. And we also do a digital edition as well. And lots of people subscribe to that. It, I promise you will not find the type of content we do uh, anywhere else. And if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. So to subscribe to United We Stand, just go to our website, uwsonline.com and click on subscribe there and we'll mail copies out to you. Got some really good inside information on various issues uh, which we're holding back to put in 
the first issue of the season and we've been speaking to lots of people and we've got some some good stuff there so if you subscribe to the mag we'll appreciate that and it will go on sale against Chelsea we will be bringing another podcast to you very soon probably maybe from the monkey bus going down to Cardiff I think it's about time we got some of them lads to do a podcast but we've also got some very special guests lined up until next time goodbye